You're listening to the Unemployed AF Dad podcast. Check out the video on YouTube at Unemployed AF Dad. And now here are your hosts, Adam and Leslie Lancaster. Hey everybody, welcome to an episode of Unemployed AF Dad. My name is Adam. And I'm Leslie. Certainly appreciate you tuning in today. Let's just start right off. What are we going to talk about? Let me tell you a little something. I love the movie Back to the Future. Who doesn't, right? Well, I didn't when we first met because I had never seen it. For those who haven't seen it, um, there, there's a lot to it, but kind of at its core, it's about time travel. And that got me thinking, if I could go back in time, what would I tell younger Adam? Or what would you tell younger Leslie? Super interesting concept, right? Very interesting. If you just sell Back to the Future as a movie about time travel, it sounds like super boring and like, eh, that's not really my thing. Like I said, there's a lot more to it than that, but we're not here to talk. We could do, well, (laughs) I could do a whole episode, probably multiple episodes on Back to the Future, um, but we won't even kind of dive into that. But obviously, a lot lot of people have probably thought at some point or another, like, man, if I could go back in time, what would I do? Especially knowing what you know you know, at your current age, like what would I tell young, you know, your younger self? And that's what we wanted to talk about today. And we thought it'd be a very interesting subject. I'm really excited about this one. I'm excited about everyone, but this one for sure. Um, And we're not going to focus on like, if I could go back in time, I would tell young Adam to buy a bunch of Apple stock or Amazon (laughs) stock so I could become a gazillionaire. You know, Um, we're going to focus on things that would help us, um, you know, internally life lessons that would kind of shape and mold us in, into the individuals we want ourselves to become. And I, you had something kind of you wanted to say before that I thought was very um, eloquently written. Yeah, just that, um, you know, this advice that we're giving to our younger selves, it's, um, it's brought with love. Um, it's not with any sort of shame or blame or judgment to young Leslie or young Adam. Um, it, this is a cathartic process for both me and Adam, um, you know, to work through our own healings, both um, individually and as a couple. And reflecting is a form of healing. And being able to acknowledge the love and the hurt that young Leslie and Adam experienced is a cathartic process. And it's uh, a doorway to help heal and um, process some of those things that that we've been through in the past. So this is kind of a, a self-healing journey. <laughs> right. And it's all, of course, hypothetical. To yeah. my knowledge, time travel doesn't exist, I don't <laughs> think. I don't have a DeLorean that can get up to 88 miles an hour and take me back in time. So this is just kind of meant for, um, yeah, again, reflection. And uh, this is one of those podcasts I think would be really cool if um, you're listening to either send to your partner or um, listen along with them and kind of open up a conversation. Hey, what would you go back and tell yeah. your younger self and just kind of have some fun with it? Yeah. So it can be, uh, it can be really, really cool. Cause there might be something about your partner's life that you're like, Oh, I didn't know that about you. Or I'm really sorry you experienced that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And we kind of uh, thought about these things on our own, but I haven't, I mean, we kind of briefly talked to each other about, Hey, what are you going to kind of, you know, disclose and Mm-hmm. And say, but we really haven't heard a whole lot um, of of the details. So this is kind of new for both of us. We have our 
I only came up with two because I, I knew the way we have our conversations, it would probably fill up more than enough time. Um, I think we I originally did two as well. Two, okay. Yeah, yeah. And there, I mean, there would be so many more things I'd want to go back and, but this is kind of more like a broad, you know, description of, of things that but kind also, of pop into my mind when I think, man, I really wish I had that knowledge or I really wish I wouldn't have, you know, done that or, or that kind of thing. But also, you know, n- not knowing certain things kind of, I don't know about you, but I learn through experience. That's well, the best way yeah. that I learn. And sometimes if you don't have those experiences and have those emotions and you're in that time and you kind of viscerally remember it, then it doesn't make as much of an impact on your life than just somebody telling you. And I'm not saying that somebody giving you wisdom does not have its place in time, but I do know that you have to be willing and ready, you know, to hear that message. And I know you've kind of touched on that before. So sometimes when people tell you, especially your parents, when people tell you things, you know, you're just like, okay. And that's why I struggle with the one I'm going to start with so much, because again, you go through that experience, that journey, and it, it kind of teaches you and makes you who you are. So to kind of already know that from the get-go mm-hmm. would eliminate that entire process and would we what really, are you referring to well you want to just drive, i mean why yeah, not just dive right, well i mean this this whole podcast kind of started with an idea of an alcohol-free journey so mm-hmm. um the the kind of the the advice i was struggling with it was would i go back and tell my younger self never to touch alcohol mm-hmm. and the more i thought well let's let's kind of go back to the very beginning because it, Right after I stopped drinking alcohol, I remember having this conversation with somebody and it was like, maybe it was even you. And I was like, I don't think I regret drinking alcohol. I wouldn't mm-hmm. you know, go back and change anything um, because I think at that point I still was too early in, in, in the journey and not you know, far enough removed to kind of see the, the bigger picture. And I'm still you know, almost 10 months into it, not completely removed from it, obviously, but um, gained a lot more knowledge along the way. But I just remember saying like, hey, I had a a lot of good times when I was drinking. A lot of friendships were formed or or built up, um, I thought. Uh, Just, you know, looking back, you have those memories like, you know, hanging out with friends. And as we've discussed, a lot of our memories with our friends involved alcohol. And so I was like, you know, I I don't think I'd regret it. And, you know, then I kind of started, again, getting more and more into my journey and you know, I learned how to have fun again without alcohol. It was one of those things I had fun with alcohol until our mid-20s. Like we talked about, I didn't drink. We didn't drink in high school and really hardly at all in college. It wasn't until after we got married and then we kind of started down that road. And so I knew how to have fun with alcohol. But once we started drinking it, it was like it just became the norm that this is what we do. And it slowly became like, I don't want to do some of the other stuff that maybe I used to like to do because it didn't involve alcohol. And I thought, eh, it's going to be more fun if I'm drinking. And you can, you know, relate that to a lot of different things. Like, you know, the one thing that pops up to, in my mind is like wedding receptions. It's like, who wants to go to a wedding reception when you don't drink? That won't be fun. But again, as I started to, you know, get further and further, along without alcohol, I began to realize I didn't, you know, I didn't need it to have fun. It was a crutch. I thought it was giving me uh, a better time. I thought it was making me 
funnier, smarter, whatever, whatever delusional things you want to kind of say, but, um, you know, just getting back to the basics and learning how to have fun again. So then I started thinking, well, was I really having fun during those times that I drank? Or was that just kind of my perception of what alcohol was doing for me? Um, and then you think you, you're having these meaningful, deep conversations <laughs> with people because, you know, I just needed a couple of drinks to kind of really get the juices flowing and, and, and open up. It's a social lubricant. Um, and I think a lot of people have that mentality. But <laughs> as you raise your hand, but then again, as you st- you know kind of get farther and farther removed from drinking, you realize that those probably weren't very meaningful conversations or, or deep conversations. They probably weren't as intellectual as I thought they were. Maybe they or were, at all. or at all. Maybe they were in the beginning, like you know when you first had that first drink, and you're you know the the alcohol alcohol hasn't kind of taken over yet. Um, but obviously, as you progress, the, the conversations probably get um, less coherent. You start repeating yourself a lot more. And so, you know, I begin to think, well, maybe those weren't as, uh, you know, deep and, and meaningful conversations as I thought they, they were. And then, you know, again, I have these memories of these nights, but they're not complete memories. And so then you start to think, wow, would I have had a lot more memories of those nights if I hadn't been drinking? Of, of course I would. I'm sure I would. Because how many times do you have a night out where you just don't remember a whole lot, a night out when you're drinking, when you just don't remember a whole you, you have bits and pieces. And I think along the years, people have filled me in, you know, like, <laughs> oh, remember that? And I was like, I don't remember that, but you were there. Oh, so, thank you. Yeah, exactly. So you start to piece together some of the things, you know, that happen. So how many more memories would I have from those nights? Um, and then there's the part of it where you start to wonder, you know, how many, how many hurtful things did I say when I was drinking? How many things did I say to people that I may never, ever remember? I've long forgotten, but it's still with them. Even 10 years later, you just don't know that, you know, you don't know the impact that you may have had on somebody that means nothing to you, but means everything to them. Um, and when you, when you put it like that, it's <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, that it's just something you don't really think about again yeah. when you're in the moment drinking until you have a chance to step back and really reflect. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't want to get into all this, you know, but the regrettable behavior. Yeah. I know there was a lot because. Again, you're, you're not the same person. You are completely different, at least I was, completely different person. Um, and there, there's a lot of things that I've said and done when I was drinking that I deeply regret. Um, and if I wasn't drinking, would I still said some things? I'm sure. I, I'm sure I would say some things that we all do. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they would have been, you know, as often. And I'm hopeful that they wouldn't have been as, as hurtful as probably some of the things I have said. Um, so that's another thing that really stuck out. Um, so what, what conclusion did you come to? Would you tell your younger self? Would you just lay the case for it of like, here's um, pros and here's cons, make your decision wisely? Would Yeah, well, 
to kind of to wrap up, you know, I, you go back and you think like, what all did I miss out on? What all did I think that I was, you know, doing that and having fun that was actually getting in the way of what I really could be doing? Mm-hmm. Would we have started this podcast years ago? You know, where would we be now if I had had the, the clarity and the ambition and the dedication that I, that I have now that I'm not drinking? Um, again, all hypotheticals, but I think what I, to answer your question, <laughs> I think the conclusion I came to was I would go back and tell myself never to touch alcohol. Really? Because for all the, the good I thought it, it did, there's so much more you know, pain and destruction that it, that it caused. And going back to kind of our original thought, like the experience, I'm so grateful for the experience of, of learning and, and overcoming. But if you never had to go through that to begin with, that doesn't mean you couldn't be, have that same, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. You couldn't be in the same place or even further along in life than you are now. That could have been the the barrier that took me 10 years to overcome that I could be 10 years further in my life Mm -hmm. than I am now. You know, I think I referenced it as being like a chain in one of our episodes. It was like holding me back. Mm -hmm. You know, how long did that hold me back? And life as short as it is, like, we don't want, I don't want to give up, you know, a weekend, let alone years, because I was, you know, again, it wasn't every day, but we've talked about, you know, you drink alcohol, and it takes several days to get out of your system, depending on how much you drink. And even if, you know, a couple days later, you're not hung over, quote, hung over, you still have some of those effects. And Mm -hmm. And when you're doing it three or four times a week, it's just a constant. That's just the way you always feel, and it begins to feel normal. And it's only when you break free from it and and completely stop that you realize that was not the normal way to feel. And it's not just physically. We've talked about mentally, too, and um, your sleep. And just it's a culmination of everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think when I you know, look back, I'm like, I, I just wonder what could have been if I hadn't drink alcohol and not to say that I'm not again grateful for what I've learned from it and I think that you can use it to help other people who have been through that obviously if I never drank alcohol in my life I cannot relate to somebody who's drank alcohol and had struggles with alcohol so that part of it um, is something I don't take for granted and and it's I think very useful Mm. but then on the flip side it's like yes but there could be so much more I could have accomplished if I hadn't had those 10 years or whatever holding me back hmm there's like so much reflection in that answer i love all of it um yeah i don't think that you can say whether or not because i mean everything that you said there's there's pros and cons too um but um the fact that you can see something that you have went through that was difficult and glean the the light from it and then say like hey how can i use what i've been through to maybe influence somebody else into not um pursuing that same um that same avenue like that's that's admirable yeah. that's wonderful well and you know again going going back to like I, the pain and destruction of of alcohol and 
it was self-imposed. Yeah. There's there's people who go through hard times that it's it's not necessarily something that they brought on themselves. Mm-hmm. And then they get they get through it miraculously and they're on the other side and they're like, you know, I I'm so grateful for that experience. It sucked. It was uh, you know, at the moment I didn't know why it was happening, but now I know it made me the person I am today. And I think, you know, that's a little bit different from from my situation because again, that this was something that I could have avoided altogether. There are certain things that we go through in life we can't avoid. It just happens. Mm-hmm. But this is, again, something I chose to do. We all choose to do, you know. And, again, it just becomes a habit. It becomes normal. And it's so hard to see what, you know, life was like before we, you know, we picked up that drink or drug or, or whatever, you know, whatever it was that you started doing. You almost... Well, I know I can just speak for us, but like in our, you know, late thirties, we kind of restarted our life, you know, like we control all deleted and restarted our life. You know, it's like pre and pre and post alcohol. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to like restart your life in your thirties, but also too, uh, I've been kind of diving a little bit deeper into astrology because it's super fascinating, but in your 30s, um, from what I understand, which is very minimal, you have what's called a Saturn return. And so in your 30s, you're like working out the stuff of when you were a child. And so that's why people call it like a midlife crisis or something like that. But you're actually working out things of when you were younger. It's why you have you're a little more enlightened whenever you're 30s or you feel a little bit more like itchy or uh, discomfort or something like that because you have things bubbling up inside of you of when you were young that you need to acknowledge and release. And so it could be, you know, maybe 37 was your your Saturn (laughs) return and, you know, all of that stuff was bubbling up and you were just like, man, I gotta, I gotta make a change. And thank God I learned it at 37 and not 47 or 57. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, I think we've talked about me enough. Let's go to yours. (laughs) (laughs) I have, um, so I would go back and tell young Leslie that life is not black and white. Life is not this or that, yes or no. Right or wrong. Right or wrong, your way or my way. Life in, for the most part, life is gray. It is very gray. And you need to um, talk to other people and learn about their experiences and see um, how, you know, different things affects them or their story or um, the things that make up who they are. Um, I just think I spent so much of my life believing that it things were right or wrong. And it was very confusing because um, I am a huge empath and I'm very compassionate, and I have a heart for everybody, and it made things very confusing of like, okay, we're supposed to love and accept everybody, but I'm supposed to dislike you because this is the way that you think, or this is the way that you lead your life, or this is how you choose to raise your children, or whatever, you know, society tells you, um, you know, is right or wrong, not even society, but maybe like your community tells you that is right or wrong. Your church. Your church, your first family, um, your group of friends that you choose Mm -hmm. to surround yourself with. 
of like one of the biggest things that as humans like we don't want to be cast out from the tribe like that is deep uh biologically inside of us we do not want to be cast out from the tribe and we'll do whatever we need to to protect that and if that includes becoming a chameleon and just being like i don't really agree with that but if that's what you say then that's what we're gonna do Yeah. yeah exactly but then it becomes a very slippery slope because you deny who you are you deny that inner voice you deny your true north and then you're like oh my god i'm so confused still and now not only am i confused but i have squashed my voice for so long that i don't even know what my voice is i don't even know what i'm trying to tell myself or guide myself or lead myself to i don't know who i am did you kind of look at my second one because in a roundabout way, I kind of, that's a little bit of what I was talking no, about. No, I don't yeah. even know where you kept your notes at. But like my second one kind of leads into that too of, you know, follow your inner voice because it is truly profound. Well, we just, you know, let's just wrap up this podcast now. Follow your inner voice. Follow your <laughs> inner voice. Yeah. Listen to, your, <laughs> listen to yourself. Yeah. Well, and then going back to right and wrong, like you said. Yeah. I mean, it took me years to realize that you're, as you're, you know, growing up, it's usually like, this is right. This is wrong. This is why we do this. This is why we do that. And you kind of, again, just go with the flow. You, so and so is a person of authority. I'm going to listen to. Mm-hmm. They, they must know what they're talking about. They, they're you know, older. They have they, more yeah, wisdom. Exactly. They have more years on this earth. They have um, clout. Mm-hmm. They have status. So you think to yourself, yes, absolutely. Then I should listen to them. And whether that is, you know somebody that's like the head of a church or a teacher or a parent or um, a leader of yours of some sort, no matter a coach, no matter what it is, when you're young, you just generally look up to adults to lead and guide and teach you. And nobody told me as a young person, adults don't always know what they're talking about <laughs> most of the time don't know <laughs> and they're, most they're just struggling their yes. way through life like all the rest of us and yeah. most are leading from fear or trauma or um some ego that they have not been able to make men's with like they're they're leading from something um that doesn't have your best interest at heart so just because somebody says something does not make that truth well and i think society likes to put everything in a nice neat wrapped box like right wrong yes no because it's easy you know if we're if we're true <laughs> like and honest like with humans people, are yeah. so dumb that they can't you know think of like well, a it nuance opens, it opens and... up so many unknowns like if if i'm a you know person in authority and and i'm talking about a certain issue and i just say hey this is right this is the way it should be then that's kind of like, okay, that's, you know, but like, if you really look into it and like, oh my gosh, there's all these gray areas that, you know, depends on the situation, depends on the person. It just opens it up and it gets confusing and we don't like that. We want to have a, a right, you know, an answer that we can say, this is the right answer because it's, it's easy. But the thing is, is that we're dealing with humans, like in any situation, dealing with humans like that's that's a very individualized work right you're not the same person as i am Mm -hmm. even even identical twins like the same they share the same dna they share everything 
they will have a profoundly different life experience one another because they are two different humans. Anytime we are, are, are dealing with anything that has to do with humans, we, we have to know that there are gray areas, that something that works for you is not going to work for me. I mean, you can take that to anything like um, public school teaching, you know, just because we're teaching it this way doesn't always mean that you're going to learn it just that way, you know? <laughs> I, I think that's why <laughs> politics are so frustrating. And I know we don't talk about politics on here, but when you have people who are so dedicated to a certain party because of these beliefs, it's like, well, not every Democrat or not every Republican thinks exactly the way you think. They're mm -hmm. not all you know, on, on every single issue, they don't all agree. So it's like, it, it, there are always going to be gray areas because like you said, we're all individuals. We're all different. We all raised differently. We all have different backgrounds. And why can't we just celebrate that rather than right. like pitting it against each other and like, well, they believe this or they think this, like, why can't we just celebrate that? Like, Hey, you know, Johnny believes this, but Susie believes this. And you know, that's okay. Like we can all come together and we can all coexist because you know what? We need Johnny's way of thinking. We need Susie's way of thinking because Johnny's really good at this, but Susie's really good at this. And we need everybody to, you know, be in, in, um, a cohesive community. But unfortunately our community, you know, like our, our world just doesn't celebrate that. It's like if you're different, you're different, you're bad. <laughs> no, I think we're, we're starting I think to get we, a lot better yes, diversity and inclusion. That I mean, is you true. see that all the time, like especially yeah. in the workplace, which yes. is a great thing because it's recognizing we all are different. We all come from different walks yeah. of life. We're not all going to think the same thing. And that's awesome. That's what yeah. makes us this world great is maybe it's the all, millennial generation. It's way, like, it'd be so boring. Let's all be you know, together and sing Kumbaya. And <laughs> but going back to like what you said about, um, you know, kind of not letting other people uh, and their thoughts kind of not transforming to their way, you know, mm -hmm. thinking and kind of, that's kind of what I was talking about in my second one. Um, what I would tell myself is like, you know, it's, it's really easy for us to say like, who cares what people think, you know, oh. I'm going to do me, but it's so much <laughs> harder it to is. actually live that way like lots of people can put that front on but you know deep down inside they, they still care what people think and like you said that's that's natural like we want people to agree with us or like us or think we're funny or smart or whatever like that's normal but what's not normal is changing or not healthy i mean i'm sure a lot of people do it is changing who you are to try to please others and I think we're all guilty of that. We've all done that in some way, shape, or form. Um, and, you know, I would... Especially for, like, your parents. Yeah. I just wonder, you know, what, what things did I not do? Because I was either scared of what people would say or think, mm -hmm. or what, what did I not speak up and say? You know, like, I believe this, even though you're saying that. But it's so much easier just to be quiet and kind of go along with, with what everybody else is saying, like, what all did, you know, I miss out on because I was afraid to try it, you know, like who cares? Like, are you ever going to be good at something the first time you try it? Like, no, I mean, but failure, you know, is, is one step closer to success. Like the more you try it, the more likely you are to succeed. And I'm so thankful that we have, I, I feel like the generation now is growing up with that echoing in their ear of like, hey, 
you failed, but you tried. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Now you can figure out another way to fail in order to succeed the next time. But I feel like when we were growing up, that was not, um, that wasn't the echo that we had. It was kind of like fear, failure. Like you can't fail. You cannot fail. You cannot, if, if you fail, then you are a failure. Like it becomes a fabric of who you are. It's like a, to kind of throw in a sports term, it's a do or die game. Yes. This game is going to shape the rest of your life. It's like, <laughs> no, it's a t-ball game. Give me a break. <laughs> like who cares? But I mean, even if you take it all the way to, you know, the Super Bowl or the World Series or whatever, like, yes, I get there's lots of money riding on it and whatnot. But at the end of the day, who really cares who won and i know i'm probably ruffling a lot of feathers yeah, out there i don't of know like if you want to say sports that people but seriously <laughs> like it it does it doesn't matter it doesn't but, matter but to the athletes it's their sure. job sure I mean, and the coaches i and, get that know. i totally get I, that. I, I that could be a whole nother topic like how sports are kind of put above almost everything else in the world i mean again because it revolves around money but mm -hmm. i saw that this is getting way off there but i saw that post <laughs> about like what if we gave um, uh, teachers a, oh, yeah. a gold uh, ring every time that they succeeded or something like that instead of athletes? And then the athletes had to buy their own footballs athletes or had something to buy their like own that. Footballs yeah. and stuff to play. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. I mean, yeah. we do put sports above pretty much any other occupation. And I think that's what I was more so saying too. I'm not saying that it's like the things that men and women can do with their bodies to play sports and achieve and like even like the mental capacity that it takes that is not me so the fact that other people can do that is astounding and wonderful i just think at the end of the day we have to remember that that's not the end all be all and sure. if you win if you win the big game or if you lose the big game like you're still a good human you still tried and that that failure hopefully will just fuel you to succeed the next time. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of athletes do when they lose. They use that to kind of motivate mm -hmm. them through the off season and, and train harder and you know get mm -hmm. better and, and hopefully have a different result the next year. Yeah. And hopefully with not a Which is a good life lesson. Yeah. Hopefully with not a uh a, like a judgmental or a condemnation voice inside of it of like, you know, like, oh my God, I can't believe you lost. Like, no, you know, we're gonna do it harder and you're gonna have to, you know, do two days or three days now, you know, like not that toxic thought process of just like, hey, you know, we, we lost. Mm -hmm. That sucks. That felt really bad. We're going to go back and we're going to go in the gym and we're going to do everything that we possibly can this time to win the next time rather than like that kind of toxic way of thinking. But yeah, going enough back, about sports. No, going back to <laughs> my, you know, what I would tell myself also just goes along with what I've already said, but get it. Don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone. Mm. Like we get so, so comfortable in life doing the same routine and because we're creatures of habit and it's, you know, understandable, um, which can be a good thing with like routines and things like that. Mm. But, you know, not venturing out and trying new things and missing out on so much that you could, you know, you could have found your passion or one of your passions, but you were too scared to try it mm -hmm. and that's what i would go back and tell my younger self like hey you don't have to just do the same things or you don't even have to do the things that you know your friends are doing just mm -hmm. because your friend like venture out try something different try something that you have an interest in but maybe nobody else has and that's okay it doesn't matter you know i think a lot of times i just kind of did the the things that my friends did or the people you know we we do the things that our environment tell us to do mm -hmm. 
you know, if our friends are playing a certain sport, we tend to play a certain sport or they're playing a, a video game. We'll play that video game. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of maybe being like, I don't really want to do that. I want to do this. And not saying you can't play sports and f- stuff with your friends, but you know, again, getting out of your comfort zone yeah. and trying new things and same in college, you know, I wish I would have tried new things in college and, um, just, you know, not, not being scared, but well, fear, fear is, is powerful. <laughs> Very much so. Um, but let's also remember, you know, young Leslie and young Adam did not have a fully developed brain, no. like fully developed brain happens at there, 25. There's a reason for that. And, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's funny. Cause I heard, um, it's probably on a podcast or something, but somebody said, um, car rental places mm-hmm. are so intelligent. Because they know that humans' brains are not fully um, fully developed until 25. And that's why they don't rent to you until you're 25. But you can drink you know, alcohol like, legally at 21. You can buy cigarettes at 18. Yeah, you can buy lottery tickets. Exactly. You can enlist in the military. Yes, you can do all of these things whenever you're not fully yeah. online. But anyways, I thought that was, that was kind of interesting. Was, oh, yeah. <laughs> And anything else that you would tell your younger self that we didn't kind of go over? I mean, there's obviously so many things, you know, so many roads yeah. we could travel down. Um, but any, one more thing pop into mind real quick. Um, I mean, I just had the two um, about, you and know, life isn't black and white. But, um, you know, like going back to following your inner voice and your inner wisdom, um, I think that that can get quieted in so many different ways in life, whether it's people or society or your environment, or I mean, even by, you know, the things that you put in your mouth or that you consume, Mm -hmm. whether it's content or food or, you know, whatever it is, um, we can do such a good job of, of quieting or silencing that inner voice. And if you were never even um, told that you have an inner guidance system or an inner um, voice, and then you're expected to, you know, to lead from it like that. It's non-existent. Um, so I would just tell young Leslie, you know, you have this inner guidance system. You have this this voice inside of you that is always giving you the right direction. It might not be what you want to hear at the time. Because a lot of time I think um, I painted that with um, God's conviction, you know, like God's convicting me, God's convicting me. That's why, you know, I'm, um, I'm being told not to do this. And now looking back, I was like, well, one, that wasn't God convicting you. Um, that, was, that was your inner voice saying, hey, what you're doing is not healthy. What you're doing is not helpful in life. And you need to, you need to recalibrate. But I didn't know I had that. I didn't know I had that inner wisdom. I was just kind of so, I just had such a low um, self-esteem and such poor self-worth that I didn't even know that I had that. So I would just tell young Leslie, you know, um, one, like, I love you. And I'm really, really proud of you. um, Because I think she really needs to hear that. Um, But also to, you have so much knowledge and wisdom inside of you. If you sit and you listen and you get quiet, um, you're going to be able to 
do greater things. But again, you know, it's a journey. Like I, I, I wouldn't be Leslie that I am sitting here. And I don't think I would be able to, like you said, relate to a lot of people if I hadn't been through the things that I had been through. So I'm not grateful for the things that I've been through. I can just objectively look at that and say, that was my life. That was my journey. And here I am now. And like, let's have an open conversation about it rather than like, I'm so glad, you know, I went through that. Yeah, I think it goes back to what we said in the beginning. There's a reason you go through the things you go through. I mean, I hate that saying like everything happens for a reason. I think there's a reason though. I I think I think there is a a kind of there's um, consequences of our actions, of course. Sure. And I think we we go through things and it builds us and it makes us who we are. So Mm. even if it wasn't supposed to happen that way. You know, there there can be good that comes out of it. So I'm not disagreeing that there yeah. can't be good that comes from it. I just think that it doesn't have to be that way. Like it doesn't have to be meant to be and it does everything doesn't happen for a reason. No, I agree. We I, have we have choice. Like we've been given agency in this world. I think what I'm saying is there's there when we kind of look back on the journey that, you know, we we can't skip it. We we Yeah there's a you know reason that we go through that journey um it's fun to sit here and say like hey it'd be great to go back and tell myself this so i could <laughs> avoid all that but again like we talked about there are there are good things that come out of it you know sometimes we wish we could skip through some stuff mm-hmm. um you know going back to the alcohol i i really do think i would tell myself not to drink it mm-hmm. but being here where i'm at there's a lot of good things that i can you know, say and, and maybe relate to some people who have mm-hmm. gone through that, that similar thing that I wouldn't be able to do if I had mm-hmm. kind of skipped or fast forward through that part. So, no, I agree. Not everything happens for a reason. Again, I hate that saying. Oh. I think it's some, something people use to kind of comfort themselves when things go wrong or there's certain things that pop up in their life that they don't understand why that it's happening. Yeah, I, I agree with that um, 100%. I think that's, I mean, Think of some of the terrible things that happen in this world. You cannot say that everything happens for a mm-hmm. reason. I mean, I don't even want to list some of the horrific things that have happened to people because it is incredibly tragic. And you, I don't believe that we have a creator that would allow something so horrific to happen to people. It is. Um, well, that's where free will comes. I was going to say, yeah. yeah, that's where people make choices, mm-hmm. and you have the ability to make choices. And sometimes people make very, very poor choices to do such heinous things to other humans. I don't think that it happens for a reason. I don't think that God mm-hmm. allows, you know, just like bad things to happen. It's it's free will. It's it's choice. One thing. This is totally unrelated, but one other thing that popped up is going back to. Um, you know, telling myself not to drink alcohol. You know, we always think we're invincible when we're younger. Like <laughs> we're just like healthy as a horse, and um, you know, no matter what, like that takes a toll on you. Event, you know, health wise, drinking, drinking, yeah. yeah. Um, and so just not even drinking, but just some of the health choices that I made in my younger days, going back and telling me like frozen pizzas and ding dongs. You're gonna pay for this later on down the road, so be very careful what you put in your body. Um, because I, I mean, again, we're not perfect. We 
certainly consume things sometimes that we we shouldn't you know that we know are not good for us um we talked about that a lot in our yeah. the foods episode but um i think for the most part we are pretty pretty conscious and pretty good about not only what we put Decent. in our bodies but you know um exercising and, and trying to maintain longevity so I would go back and tell Adam, like, hey, you think you can eat this now <laughs> because you're, you know, 18 and skinny, but it will catch up with you one day, bud. But do you, do you really think young Adam would be like, I don't know. I just remember what I was like when I was, no, you know, 16 I and 18. Like I, said, I would have been like, invincible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'd been like, like ah, okay. That's something sure. for old fart Adam to worry about. <laughs> Who cares? That's future Adam's problem, not my problem. But again, the fun in this is it's all hypothetical. So, yeah, yeah, it is. So, what, what would you guys go back and tell your younger selves? Mm-hmm. You know, again, just kind of open up the dialogue. There could be so many avenues that you go down in this. Um, Again, we could go back to like, hey, buy Apple stock and you'd be rich. You know, in Back to the Future, Marty McFly gives himself uh, this a sports almanac so he can make bets and make a lot of money. So isn't that in the second one? I don't know. I'm pretty no, sure. is it? Yeah, it's in the second one. Oh, well, yeah. That's not in the first one. Yeah. Oh okay. man, you call yourself calling a me, fan? Calling me out on my favorite movie. Yeah, Ooh. you're right. You're right. Yep. Yep. My memory. <laughs> But all right. Well, we appreciate everybody listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, As always, make sure that you're going out and uh, subscribing to the podcast. Leave a review if you're finding the um, content relatable, enjoyable. Make sure you're following us on Instagram and checking out our website, unemployedafdad.com. We do post blogs up there, sometimes related to the episodes and sometimes just random things we want to blog about. So (laughs) make sure you're checking that out. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you all have a wonderful day. See you later.